Bigger Talks, Bigger Talks. We back again for a phenomenal episode, and I'm looking forward to this conversation. I mean, all things mental health, spirituality, maybe the law of assumption, Hinduism, grounding, meditation. Um, and I want to invite uh, my next guest, Jenity. Um, she's here today. She's a mental health entrepreneur. Um, she's a founder and creative on all platforms, and she's going to discuss um, some, some amazing things about herself, um, how self-discovery turned into entrepreneurship, and how she deals with being authentic, transparent, and healing from the inside out. Um, so welcome to the Bigger Talks podcast. How are you? Thank you. Thank you so much for having me, and what an introduction. Um, yeah. I can't wait to, to be on here, and I've listened to a lot of episodes, so I'm, I'm really excited. Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. So before we get started, I want to read, I was on your website yesterday, and I just want to read three parts, and from each part, you just kind of can give me what your synopsis or interpretation of this message. So it goes, I learned from a very young age that expressing my authentic self in a creative manner would allow me to be the happiest, best version of myself. Can you elaborate on that? Sure. Um, I think like, you know, being in a, a person of color, there's a lot of uh, emphasis on education at a really young age. And I'm thankful that that was the upbringing that I had, but I feel like creativity was not something that it's like you either pick art and music and all these things, or you pick math and science. It's like, why is it like that? Like math and science is like such a creative field, like the minds that went into creating the, the advances that we have in those fields are creative, I would argue. So instead of shying away from that creativity, I kind of wish that we were born in an environment, all of us, to cultivate that. Um, so that's, I think once I started to choose that, I was like, okay, wow, this is where I'm supposed to be. Yeah. And I think it's important for us all to express ourselves in the most authentic way, because that's how you open yourself up to receive new downloads, shift your paradigm and just become your best aligned self. Um, mm -hmm. and then you go into, you say, cause I don't really, I don't have this, uh, information. I didn't grow up this way or this background or culture, but I'm curious, like most Indian kids, I was always told that I would never create a career out of something so intangible. Like, what does that mean to people listening <laughs> who don't know about the culture? Like, huh? Is that a, like a thing? Is that like a paradigm that you guys were taught at a young age? Yeah, I mean, I think like it, the intangible aspect of creativity is the fact that it's not like you go to one step and then there's the next step and then there's the next step, right? Like there's not like that clear workflow of where you can end up, right? If you told me like 10 years ago that I'd be here talking to you, like I would not believe you, right? Um, and so I think that that's, that's the intangibility of it where there's not like a thing where I can grasp and be like, okay, this is who I am, right? Just being a creative person for me is enough to describe myself as. Um, not enough for our culture and that's just kind of the nature of it. So it sounds like you're going to be one of the leaders and thought leaders of the culture to shift the paradigm on how we should express ourselves, how we should be, and your intangible blessings, which I believe are the most valuable blessings in the universe. Because I always tell people there's a physical realm and there's a spiritual realm. And in the spiritual realm, you have good and bad entities that are, exist that can control or demonize you, for better words, um, into the person you don't want to be. And then you finish, uh, follow up with this last one up. You said, I always, I was always someone who had passion for something that came out of nowhere. I had to build upon wild and outstanding ideas to get where I'm at today. Like, like, give me that. Can you give me a story that relates to out of nowhere? Like, I, I kind of like that. Yeah, um, I think for me, when I first cut, like started getting into creativity and really started to, you know, make my magazine and everything, because that's kind of what I'm referencing, um, I built that whole thing out of literally thin air. Like it was like an idea that just kind of, like you said, a download that just came into my brain. If I didn't pick it up, somebody else would have. Um, and if I didn't, you know, say like, okay, yeah, let's do this mental health magazine and let's talk about spirituality and let's share these stories, you know, somebody else would have come along and picked that up. So I think like in that way, I did kind of create it out of nothing. Um, I had no experience in creating a magazine, no experience in building a business um, or even sharing my vulnerability online. It was all very new. So in that way, it was out of nothing. And, you know, I'm glad that it's like 
now I can at least build on what I've already built over the last few years. But when I first started, I was like, I don't know what I'm doing. Yeah, and I think it's a beautiful transition. Let's let's unpack and let's talk about the Indian standard, right? Did I get that right? You did. You know, Mental Health Magazine, you're the founder. Uh, you created that out of nothing. Can you give the listeners and the people who listen and, you know, watching this, what is that and how did, what was the turning point in why was that created out of nothing? Was it something on your spirit? Did something happen? Was there a turning point? Was it out of frustration or anger? Were you overwhelmed? Like, were you having a mental health crisis? Like, how did that even come about? Yeah, so it was, I had a really, really rough time in college. Um, it was like four years of, now I try to think about it fondly because everything happens for a reason, but it was four years of hell for me at the time. Um, and I got diagnosed with depression, I think when around like 12 years old. So I was really young. And then, you know, leaving college, I'm 22. So it's like 10 years of kind of suffering and not dealing with the shit that I had. I don't know if I can say that, but the stuff that I had gone we through. <laughs> <laughs> the shit that I had gone through. Um, yeah. And I was, I was in an abusive relationship. Um, and it was just a lot of like, really, really low moments. And once, so we, I graduated in 2020 obviously the pandemic hit um, in around around like March of like March 12th. I actually remember the day we got kicked out of school. I came home and I now suddenly had all this time, right? Because like you just kind of had to finish your finals, wrap up school, graduate, whatever. So I had all of this extra time and I was like writing because that was my that was my thing. I would write and I always had this blog called Um, And so I, I was writing away and I was just talking about my abusive relationship and just kind of the stuff that had gone down over the last four years. And I never did this before, but I posted it on my Instagram story. And when I posted it on my Instagram story, all these people were like, oh my God, I had no idea that you were going through this. Like I didn't, I, me too. Like I felt this way too. And like all these people from like different walks of life throughout, you know, college and everything, they had, they contributed to some of the, uh, atrocities that I had witnessed and it was interesting to see this other side of them to be like hey I struggled too and this is why I was the way I was um and that opened my mind to me a to just kind of hold empathy regardless from now on um b that I think I have something within me that allows other people to feel vulnerable and allows like kind of gives people permission to be vulnerable with me I think that's just like I think we all have our own little things that we're good at and I think that that's one of mine um and so because I I just kind of shared my story and all these people kind of came flooding in and then I was like you know I can start talking about my mental health journey a little bit more and I started posting about it and talking about it and then it was June 21st 2020 and I was like you know what I don't want to just share my story. I want to share other people's stories too. And there's no way, like if we want to create vulnerability and create a space online and space in person, that's going to encourage South Asians to care about their mental health. They can't just relate to my story. They've got to relate to the millions of others that are going around. So that's what birthed the Indian standard was just the fact that I felt like there wasn't a place for us to talk about our mental health journey, for men to talk about their mental health journey. There just wasn't like a place for South Asians in general to feel comfortable. Um, and I wanted to create that. Yeah, and I think, you know, vulnerability is a superpower, right? It gives you more power than you masking your pain or your trauma or your challenges or your changes, right? Um, so I don't know if you're into numbers. I'm into numbers like numerology. So you said two dates that stood out to me. And then I want to get into, uh, you said South Asians, but I want to get into like, what's the, the scope of that for that culture and how you guys see mental health, which is like in general. So you said March 12th, right? So one, two is three, right? Uh, the letter C in alphabet is the third letter, which is communication, right? Then you said, I think you said June 21st, right? Yeah. Two, one is three. So on these, <laughs> on these days, these are three days where the number three is more like an expressive number, expression, communication, artistry, uh, social life, like a lot of like, you know, actors like Jamie Foxx, Kevin Hart, Rihanna, like they're like threes because they're good at expressions. But on top of that, you talked about uh, the culture you, you came up in, you grew up in that this, this is not a norm. But I think in general, uh, the stigma around mental health, um, depression, anxiety, suicide, all these things, has to change and um, I'm a big mental health advocate I just did a walk with uh Dee Dee Hirsch uh 
mental health services who provide uh, resources for people who are contemplating suicide. And it's such a beautiful thing to go to because it's real. And I think for so long we've been suppressing the real. And so kudos to you and the Indian standard to be vulnerable and share your story. But what is the life like in the culture that you were raised in and you grew up in? You said the age of 12 to 22, I mean, that's 10 years. Like, what was that like? What is the paradigm in that culture of how you see vulnerability or speaking on the things that might hinder you or challenge you internally? So before I answer that, I, I wanted to reflect on the threes. Um, that, I, I'm sure you already know this, but in astrology, it's Gemini's the third one, right? Okay. So, and Gemini is ruled by Mercury, who rules communication. So there we go. Um, and artistry and music and all of that. So that's that's really interesting. Um, anyway, so yeah, I mean, I would say like, okay, so my parents are very, very special. They're very, very unique people in that they both had a love marriage that's not very common. Um, and they were always very open to any sort of belief system that I wanted to carry. I could marry whoever I wanted. I could always date. Like I, I'm not a typical Indian kid in that I didn't have those like strict rules growing up, right? Like it wasn't like you can't date, you can't do this, you can't do that. Like you have to follow this. And it wasn't like that for me. And I think that's another, that's a huge reason as to why it's interesting because I feel like I kind of put a lot of pressure on myself because I knew like that privilege that I had because I was growing up with all these other Indian kids who lived a whole different life than me. And I think because I was like so guilty over having such a good life, I suppressed all of like the negativity that I was feeling. Mm. Yeah. Let's talk about that. I mean, yeah. I stop you. I think that is a shadow side of life about individuals that we don't talk about. Mm -hmm. So just to elaborate on your, your upbringing, your mom and dad, love dynamic, you wasn't, there was no rules or restriction around who you could date, who you could marry. So you had a little bit of freedom, but then there was parts of you because you probably had the love or support, you probably felt guilty because maybe your friends didn't have the same access. So, you know, I have a cousin, you know, mom, dad, Harvard, um, they live in Newton, Massachusetts. You know, he went to Syracuse, mom paid. I'm from Baltimore. And so there was always this thing where he felt he had to be different because of it was different. Or I have clients, you know, you know, who was raised in really wealthy families and they make a lot of money, but it's still pain. Why do you think from your perspective that that is such a thing that's, it's hard to kind of be in for someone like you or someone that's in that world? Because no one knows that story or that side unless you're in it. Right, like that guilt. Yeah, like where does that come from? And why do you think it's, is it because it's not normalized and people like make you feel like, oh, you you don't have a bad life or you didn't go through anything, right? Because what they say. It's really hard to identify. I'm sure it's different for each person. I think I can identify a couple instances when my friends would be like, oh, you have like the cleaning ladies coming over today, you know? And it's like, because my mom, I mean, I couldn't, I couldn't go into the whole spiel of like, well, my mom is just switching careers and she's actually in school right now while she's raising two babies and my dad's never home and da 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 da. Like there was, I couldn't get into those justifications. Instead, I would just be like, yeah, the cleaning ladies are coming, you know? And it's like, we had a babysitter my whole life. Like I didn't go into, hey, my parents weren't actually like home as much as I wish they were. Instead, I would just kind of swallow everything. And I'm sure like a lot of other kids kind of felt like what creates that guilt. I'm sure that there's like a lot of societal pressure of like, hey, you need to be this kind of way with this type of upbringing. Like this is the expectation of you. Don't even dare to like stray from that mold. Um, and for me, I... You know, I'm, I don't think my parents expected me to want to be a creative. I don't think they wanted me to. I don't think they expected me to live the life and be the type of person that I am today. Um, and I think like now they've taken it in good stride. But I think for a while it was like, do you really need to make a magazine? Why can't you just be content with your career? <laughs> you know? What was that path like for them for you? Like, was there any intentions of what you should or they or, or route you should go from their from their perspective? I mean, yeah, I think like for me, so I, I went to school for finance and English um, and I guess which one I chose. <laughs> um, and then I went into banking. I still have my nine to five job um, while I'm working for the Indian Standard and everything. And it's it's a lot. I think like right now, my parents definitely are happy that I have a creative outlet. I don't think they see it as a career. 
you know? And I think that's the world we're going in where a lot of the people that's coming up next, they want to be creative so much, or they are, right? They don't understand nine to five. They don't understand structure. They don't understand steps to get to the thing. Like a creative, like you say, you created something out of nowhere. And I think there's a part within the school system, education system that should be carved out for creators. For sure. Like, like, you know, you know, mental health is part of your creative forces, right? How you think, how you feel, what you believe. Uh, what if you're not, you don't have patience to sit and read a lecture or listen to someone for an hour. Um, so I'm, I'm happy and proud to know you that you're doing both and you can still, you know, excel in both areas and still own your creativity. Because what I think happens is when you're in a corporate environment, you have a job, you dissipate and you lose your creativity. So now you don't really have no real flow to create the flow that you really want from your soul, even if it's not making you money, but it's giving you life that you need yeah. outside of work. Um, I think I was definitely unique because my parent, like my um, job ended or started, sorry, in October or August, 2020. Yeah. And my, like I said, like the magazine started in June of 2020. So I've always had both. I've never had to like, people are like, how do you balance both? Like, how do you put on these shoots and like go to these meetings and stuff? And I'm like, I just, I don't think that there's, I've always had it, you know, like I've built everything around both. Um, and I'm happy that I have both. I think that my nine to five gives me mental peace uh, money wise. And I think it, it helps me understand where my financial wounds are. I think it helps me understand like where my reflections are. Like it's a, it's an interesting place where you have like completely different people that you interact with from nine to five to five to nine. And you're like, wow, like <laughs> I can totally see where my flaws are, my shadow, my light, like it's so apparent. And I'm, I'm grateful for that, for that reflection. And it's amazing because it's like, when you come to work, you're not just a person with a job and a title. You're a yeah. person who has a job that you add value to. And then you're this creative that can think outside of the box of the profession you're in. So I'm curious, you know, you spoke about, you know, communication, you know, the third house, Gemini. So what is your sign? What is your moon, your rising? And more sure. important, what's your Mercury? Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so my, so I follow Vedic astrology. So it's a little different. So that's like sidereal astrology. Okay. Um, so I'm a Scorpio sun, Sagittarius moon, and Taurus rising in Vedic. And I'm a Sagittarius sun in Western. Okay. Do you know your moon and rising in Western? No. It's just one over. So in Western astrology, it's like shifted one over. So for me, it would be Gemini, I guess, rising. And then I guess it would be. So it's the opposite you're saying? It's like shifted one over by the chart. Like if you look at it in order, uh, like I'm a Taurus in um, Taurus rising in Western. So then I would, or sorry, Vedic. So then I would be a Gemini in Western. I'm just curious because you know, I know. Well, I know in Western astrology, you know, your moon is your mood and your emotions, but your Mercury sign is how you think and communicate. Yes. So I kind of think and communicate like an Aquarian because that's the energy, it's an air sign, right? Unconventional okay. thinking, but it, it's amazing. So I really want to talk about um, spirituality. What does it mean to you? And then I want to get in little into like uh, the mental health mental health part of entrepreneurship. So when you think about spirituality, what does that mean? What's the first thing that comes to mind for you? For me, it's my connection to, it's the, it's the bond that I have with myself mm -hmm. and the bond that I have with God. Um, and it's just to be as blatant as that. I used to sugarcoat it and say universe, but I really meant was God. Um, and I think for all of us, like kind of talking about God is a little bit taboo. But for me, I think spirituality now, I can feel happy that it's it's my grounding force to speak with myself and speak to God. Yeah, and it's amazing because, you know, you people go back and forth. But I always tell people, you know, um, God is the universe. God is everything, right? It's the infinite being, infinite intelligence, the creator, all things. But everyone has different meaning. And there's something where I say... Um, the universe is like your body, right? Because you can see it, you can feel it. And then God is like your spirit or your soul. Because you mm. can't see it, but it's present, right? So I always okay. use that analogy, but it's all encompassing one thing, the, the higher up, the higher energy. So um, that's beautiful. And okay. when it comes to spirituality, um, 
how does spirituality help you when it comes to mental health and how did you allow that self-discovery help you help others? Okay, so I think, so with mental health, I I never really like understood, you know, a couple years ago, how mental health, spirituality and religion flowed mm -hmm. together. Yeah. You know, it kind of seemed like separate entities because it seemed like they were different rules. Um, cognitive behavioral therapy, I'll just jump ahead a little bit in my thought process, but cognitive behavioral therapy, CBT, we know that term a lot in, their, in men the mental health world. And then we know like law of assumption and mm -hmm. manifestation in the, and like uh, revision and all those different techniques in the spiritual world. Um, and then we have rituals in like the religious world, right? And so just taking those three components and seeing how they all kind of mesh together, like CBT is helping you rewrite your beliefs so that you can start thinking differently, right? In spirituality, that's exactly what we're trying to do with law of assumption, right? Like Start, like understand your shadow self, understand your light self, think about what your beliefs are, what is your perception of the world, and do you is there an opportunity to change that, right? That's literally shadow work. Um, and then the, with the rituals and everything, I find that the discipline and the practice of spirituality is my religion. You know, like me being ritualistic with my spiritual practices allows me to be really connected to my religion. Um, and the book that we refer to in Hinduism is called the Bhagavad Gita. And in the Bhagavad Gita, the entire conversation between Krishna, the God, and Arjuna, a human, is about anxiety and mental struggles. Really? Um, and yes, like the entire oh. book is every sort of mental struggle that you can think of, God having a response for. Mm. Um, and of course, I'm putting it very simply, but I, there, that's the extent of it. It like literally tells you like chapter two is all about how to combat fear. Um, you know, what is the relationship between your soul and God? You know, like what does that relationship look like? How how important is it to keep that at the forefront of your mind? So when you talk about like the intersectionality between all three things, like to me now, thankfully, it all is the same. Um, I think I used to like confuse myself in the past being like, am I like following? What am I following? What are my beliefs? Like, what do I actually think about anything? And I realized I really care about connectivity. I really care about my relationship to God and I care about being happy. And so what are those things that are going to allow me to feel all of them every day? Right. And I think that that's, that's where all these different tools come in. That's where these practices come in. And that's where that intersectionality happens. Yeah, and it's beautiful to own and be certain about that, those practices, the, those routines, those rituals, because, you know, I've been fortunate to, to be in a lot of different places and with people and traveling the world, having success. And I realized, you know, it's interesting. Everything always comes back to one. No matter how rich, how poor, people always emphasize God, whether it's the God they believe, the God they know, the God the world is telling them. And, and they, they want to pray or they just, they might call me for prayer, right? And they might not be the biggest religious or spiritual person, but there's some type of God in their psyche that they know is, exists, even if they're not as tapped in with it. So I know deep down with everyone, we're all connected, the collective consciousness. And some of us are just more, you know, into our spiritual practices to help other people be more into it as well, maybe when they're alone. And I think that's the struggle for most people. Because if I think if people just be vulnerable and say, listen, like I pray, like I pray before we came on. Like I'm intentional about that. Like I don't just, yeah, let's get on and talk because I want to make sure our energies and where we're at and our spirits and our soul, and they, our ancestors, right, are coming in their present and they're helping us have a beautiful conversation to help someone else because it's bigger than us, right? I'm really and, glad that that's part of your like practice to, to, to you're putting in this juice right away for the podcast and I and I can feel it right like one thing that I wanted to tell you like after we got off the call actually was you make me feel confident like I, when I get on here I don't usually talk like this like this is not I don't usually I'm not like this proud of like my but you're making me want to be proud of me and I think that that's something that that's a huge talent of yours and something that I I've never really encountered in a lot of people. So yeah. thank you. That inspired me. Cause like I said, every day I pray to God, I say, God, you know, allow me to post the right content to think the right thoughts, connect with the right people, doing the right things at the right time with the right mind, allow a miracle to take place in my presence today for me, for whoever's in my, you know, like these are things I 
Yeah, sure. <laughs> like you know, like it's like like you said, creating something out of nothing. It's miracle season. I channel. It came to me. It wasn't like I was sitting down and I'm like, yeah. you know. But this is the miracle. This is the miracle conversation that's going to heal someone listening because I want people to feel comfortable being their most authentic self. Like when we turn these cameras off or when we turn these phones off, who are we? What are we doing? What are we listening to? What are we watching? I was just watching an interview with uh uh, uh Reverend Irvin. I think that's his name. He was doing an interview with Lois Howes and he talks about frequencies and communication and how behind everybody's worth is a frequency. So he started to discuss like TV shows like Succession and Friends. And he said he was watching episodes of Succession and he said they have a, a very shadow frequency behind their communication. And so Lewis was asking like, what is shadow? He's like manipulative, um, 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 pushy, um, disgruntled, but you can't, you can't, you, you can't really see it, but you feel it. And so sometimes when we're communicating, we're communicating from a shadow frequency that we don't know that's in control of us. So that's why I tell people it is important to have a spiritual life. It's important to pray because, like I said in the beginning, there's different things in the ether that are working against or for you. And so I'm just thankful that you have something like the Indian Standard, the magazine, mental health space, because I've witnessed this year in the first time in my life, two people that's really close to me contemplate the suicide that they don't want to be here. And that hurt, right? Now, it's different to hear it, to read about it, but to be like on the other side with someone is having an episodic attack and like they're really going and you're like, what do you do? But yes, I'm this positive guy and they're like, I don't know what to do and I feel hopeless and helpless. It made me wake up to like, hold on, what's going on in the world? Oh, I'm going to do something about this. You know, so I'm just thankful that there's a person like you <laughs> that's spreading, you know, your energy in the, in the universe to let people know, listen, people, mental health is real. Let's talk about it. Let's adapt some spiritual practices and let's come together and help each other evolve. So yeah. I'm just thankful for you and everything you got going on. But I do want to talk about, like, you know, you said something, I was doing some research and you said, there's a difference between day one mentality and day 30. Can you unpack that, elaborate on that? All, I, all I could think about was fixed mindset, growth mindset, but I don't know. Yeah, I think like with day one, right? Like if I have a belief about something today and, you know, in, in 30 days, I might have a different belief about it, right? Obviously, like time goes on, like your, your thoughts change. But I think like over the course of a year, two years, three years, so much about our life changes. Like what if we were to experience all of that right now? Because mm. right now you are in touch with your future self and your past self right? You just have to tap in like all those little gut feelings that we get. She's it's coming from her from the future self, right? Yeah. So I know that I can talk to my past self right now. So that's why I don't want to talk crap about her. I'm not going to shit on her. I'm not going to shit on her experience, right? Like I have to validate her in order for me to also feel validated now and for my future self to validate me now too. Yeah. So anytime I'm having like a doubt about something, like, you know, when you get into like a, should I do this? Should I not do this? Like, is this in my, is it, is it in alignment with who and what and where I wanna go? I always sit down and I meditate and I say like, what would day 30 me say? You know, Ooh. like, what would she say? Oh, that's good. The future version of me knows the answer. She knows what you're going to do, right? So obviously, if she can guide me right now, I just need to be able to silence my mind for a little bit and, and let her talk to me. Um, and so that's a, that's a practice that I, I have currently. Um, and it's actually something that you don't necessarily need to just do in meditation. Like, I feel like she's here with me right now. Um, I think like once you start to get really into your body and like really start to connect yourself with you, you can get access to them at any point. Um, it's that's, just really about intentionality. That's beautiful because I had a friend tell me years ago, he said, um, praying to God is talking to God. Mm -hmm. And in meditation, God is talking to you. Oh, <laughs> I love that. I, my, I was in a podcast just last week and they said the same thing. Like I, I have never heard that before. So I'm, and so I'm interested. So now I'm curious about for meditation, what type of meditation are you doing and what type of meditation or how long are you meditating? Because I think everyone has a different interpretation of meditation. It's kind of like religion or their belief in God. It's their own perspective. How does yes. meditation, you know, look like? What does it look like in your life? So I have a couple of different ways. Um, I think if I 
feel like right now today, I feel inclined to sit down and do nothing and just meditate, right? Those are days, I have days where it's really accessible for me to sit down, do nothing and just meditate, not even listening to anything. There are other days where it kind of feels like that's not at access for me for some reason. And so I will supplement with like a healing frequency um, or something like that. Like I, I'll do like a guided meditation on a chakra um, or I'll just listen to some music in the background, like some frequency music. Other types of meditations look like going into the shower and being really mindful. Like to me, mindfulness is a way to, um, I guess, test yourself on how well you are meditating, well in quotes, right? How well you're meditating, how, how quickly are you able to let the thoughts pass through, right? Like if you're at an intersection and you're at a red light, you're not gonna fixate on a car going all the way from one end to the other, right? You're going to just let the cars pass by you when you're at an intersection. Unless, of course, it's a cool car, you might look at it and then it might leave your view. But just like that, a thought, it's okay to fixate on some of them, but just let them eventually go out of your view. And that's kind of like, how quick are you able to do that? And life is, you know, practice, like life is like your test. Meditation is like your practice for that. Um, so walking meditation is helpful. Shower Have meditation. You coined that? Have you coined that before? I've never heard that. Life is a test and meditation is your practice for that. Damn. Spiritual practice is like a practice. Mm. But I never yeah. heard the first part. Life is a test and meditation is a practice for that. You know how powerful that is? I really just made that up as I went along. I'm not even going to lie. <laughs> I just, oh, you got you to gotta coin that. That is like, that breaks through so many barriers within the human mind. Mm. Life is a test and meditation is your practice for that. What do you mean by meditation? Peace, silence, prayer, intangible gifts that you can't see, but you can only feel. Wow. <laughs> so I, I, yeah, I mean, I think part of like part of meditation, I think putting these like productivity rules on it, like you would at work is what's making people not want to do it. Mm. Um, I think you being like, I got to meditate every single day at four o'clock in the morning and meet this goal and da, 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 da. And I'm like, just why? Like, what are you trying to prove? Like how spiritual you are? Like, are you trying to prove that I am connected with myself? I promise. Like there's no need. So I think like once you start to just understand my this is about me getting to know me like I'm not going to put a test on how good I am at it by making sure that I'm regimented regiment will come once you start to understand what meditation means to you right like taking somebody else's definition of meditation and applying it to your life is just not going to work you got to figure out I mean you can do it to inspire you but then you know practice it yourself get acquainted with it same with journaling and then you know, you'll be able to continue it. How did you get to that concept? Because I feel like in my life, that's what I struggle with the most because I'm very structured, very disciplined, mm -hmm. very regimented, right? Because, uh, you know, there's no blueprint to what I'm doing or what I've done. So I'm always like, okay, me research these people. And this past year, I realized like meditation is not working. I just read that book. It's not working. And, mm -hmm. and then, you know, I had a, you know, a reading with a healer and she was like, you just need to play. The divine wants you to play. No more being productive. Have fun, right? And so I'm in a space of learning how to not feel like if I don't meditate, something bad is going to happen. Or if I don't pray, right? And I think for me, it's coming from fear, right? Because yeah. I feel like these things are protecting me or keeping me in this box of like, I have to do this. However, you probably will get more when you're not doing the thing because you're not so attached to it to feel how you want to feel. So what part of your life or what purpose uh, did it serve for you to get that inclination to know that? Because I think it's power in knowing that you don't have to be regimented. You don't have to do it every day. Like you said, you take days where you do nothing. Like that's what my hero was saying. Like you just need to do nothing and more stuff are going to come to you. Oh, yeah. <laughs> How did People you get that? Past lives. Yeah. So so I'll share with you, you know, I've never shared this with on, on a you know, podcast, but this is what, you know, spirit is calling. So I had an Akasha record reading like last week, I believe. And she said some very interesting thing. She said, there's two paths. They all lead to one. She said, it's up to you. You can make it hard or you can make it easy. And she said, by the way, you already served your purpose in life. I'm like, huh? She was like, the divine is happy with you. You put in so much work. They want you to have fun. They want you to let go and just have fun. And I'm like, what? She's mm -hmm. like, she's like, you're here to influence love on people. 
She says, so when you get in your head space, your intellectual space, that's when you get confused and life becomes a little difficult. But when you're in spirit, when you're in your heart, that's the best. So I'm like, and I know that. Not in that terminology, but I know when I'm in my spiritual center and I'm like moving from my intuition and I'm aligned, I don't have to think. Things just come. So it was interesting. It made me realize, like, because I'm doing all this work, but it's not getting me nowhere because I'm not allowing myself the other side of my persona, right? Play or enjoyment. So, yeah. The reason I ask is because I I think the the past lives that we all have, like, not all of us have access to our past life and I think like a lot of Abrahamic religions tell us that there isn't such a thing so this is only for the people that believe like that this is yeah. like even a possibility um so my like the reason why we are the way we are right now right is first of all we asked to come back onto this plane right we wanted something at the end of our lives because the thing that keeps us here in this 3d reality instead of up there in the 5d is desire so we had a desire at the end of our life, last life, and this is just like speculation, just from all the stuff that I've read. And I'm sure that we probably had something that we wanted and we wanted to come back and we had a certain level of skill set. We had this premonition, we had whatever it is. And we came into this life and I could talk about this for like years, so stop me. Um, um, we came into this life with this level of skill set and like we, they were like, okay, go. like pause, restart, <laughs> you know? And it's like kind of the thing where it's like, it, so in Vedic astrology, the there's a thing called Mahadasa and it's the time period in which you were born in. And so some people can be born in Mercury's time period or North node or South node. And that is when you actually died in your last life. So you can get indications on like, what kind of life that you are and what you're going to live based on that time period. So that there's a lot of links as to understand that past lives are, are real and they, they influence yeah. us. And, and it, it's, to... it's so real because I know I've been here several times. Yeah. I'm also, I did get, you know, recognition that I was, a, I'm a star seed. Um, huh. and I've been here when the first humans were here years ago, I think it was a Lyran star seed type. But I also know my South Node was in Virgo, an 11th house, meaning that in my past life, I was some type of healer. And everything I did was for people when it was life or death. So whenever yeah. people needed me in this lifetime, because I'm still using that energy from that space, I feel like I got to be. Yeah. Whereas like Pisces in a North Node in the fifth house is like, no, you need to trust and let go and not be so mundane and like a Virgo, so, you know, regimented and just be free and have fun. So it's that, but not having that information, I'll just be confusing myself. And that's why I say information changes situation. And the more you know about you, the more you can grow you. And I call it the book of you. Yeah. Um, it's, it's powerful. I mean, we can, we can talk all day about these things because I'm excited because you're like, you're, you're tuned in, dialed in, tapped in. But I want to give the listeners some um, tangible resources or tools or steps they can do because we talked about mental health a bit. But to anyone, because I feel like it's, you know, mental health crisis is rising in America all over. What is something someone who's suffering from depression or anxiety or, you know, having, you know, numerous panic attacks, is there something in your wheelhouse that, you know, can help lessen that or, you know, help improve that mental capacity when they're having panic or anxiety or they're feeling depressed? What is something you could give to people? <sighs> I think everyone responds to things in such different ways. So if you're some, you know, really likes words and you like, you feel comforted by the things that people say, I will say that all the struggles that you are currently going through are things that are helping you align to that perfect path, that, that place that you want to be at, right? And it's like what you just said, like, do I want to take the hard way? Do I want to take the easy way? A lot of times, if you're going through a lot and you're like panicking and just surrender and allow the panic to kind of happen, like you feeling panic does not mean that you're behind. You know, if you uh, have been struggling for a really long time, like let's say like 10 years, five years, four years, two years, whatever the case may be. And you're like, well, I already worked through this. Like, why am I going through this again? You know, like it doesn't make, that doesn't mean that you're a failure. It doesn't mean that you still have like that you don't know what like what it means to take care of yourself or anything. What it really means is that this is a new level of the hurt and pain, and that's okay. 
you know, like we all experience like different levels of hurt and pain. Like, trust me, like I had a mental breakdown last night. Like it's been a tough three weeks I think, for a lot of people, you know, it's been really hard. And, and, and there's a lot of purging times. And there's, there's times where, especially when, you know, you and I are like, we're in the position where we talk to a lot of people all the time. Like you can sense, like, this is a collective thing and this is not just me. Right. Um, and I think like, you know, once you start to realize like you're part of a bigger picture, you'll realize how worth it you are. Mm. And you know, like, you are going to like, at the end of the day, like you have a job to do on this planet. Like you're going to, you're going to do it, <laughs> whether it's this life, next life or the life after, like you are here for a reason and that should be reason enough to stay. Um, and if it's not, you can call both of us. <laughs> we'll I love that. <laughs> you said something, you know, powerful. You said, uh, once you understand that you're part of the bigger picture, then you're going to know you're worth it. I had a friend tell me, it was so interesting. We didn't go into details, but she said she had a grandmother pass a few years ago and she felt different things shifted. But what she said was in this lifetime, if you're having a hard life in this lifetime, that means your afterlife is that much easier. I was like, wow. That's nice. Wow. She's yeah. like, you talk about that another time. I was like, oh, you're just going <laughs> to hit you with that. Um, but yeah, that's good advice, you know, to let you know, like if you're having a panic attack, you're not behind to know that if you're suffering, we all suffer. Like a few weeks ago, I mean, I was in Baltimore and I came home, you know, I had to leave, you know, my girlfriend and family behind. And then, you know, I realized like, man, I got to go back and be me and create another me. But I cried the next morning when I got back, man, just because it's like, I know what it takes to be me. Also, I've been experiencing a dark night of the soul all this year. So a lot of contrast, right? Where I'm asking God, and like, what? and I know my old soul, you know, the old version of me, I was grieving him. That yeah. guy is dying off. And I had to like have radical acceptance, saying yes to all of life, not just the things I like or inspire, but even the things I don't like about myself. I love I'm you. I'm that right now. I'm literally mourning my own self right now. Yeah. Like I literally, like, I think like a lot of, I, I could hear someone say for some reason, like, but you guys have a podcast, but you have a platform. Yeah. What do you mean struggle? It's like, it's not to say like, okay, obviously like everybody struggles, but it's more about to say like, to be this person, to, to, to be able to talk to a bunch of people, there's a part of us that has to have love for ourselves in yeah. order to do this. Yeah. You know, like we, we went through the painful aspects of life a little bit when we were younger, yeah. you know, and that allowed us to, and we're going through it right now. Like when I say, I feel like I'm mourning myself. What I mean is that I am asked right now, Jenny, do you want to advance or do you want to stay the same? Yeah. And I was like, I want to stay the same because it's comfortable. Like, I don't want to release my bad habits. I don't want to be this different person. Like, why are you asking me to do this stuff? And, and then I was like, okay, like, obviously, like, shut up. Like, let's, let's figure out like what it is that you need to do to become this next version of you. And I had to, I literally grieved the version of me last night that is no longer going to be a part of this universe anymore. Like I've got to, I've got to level up. And that's hard. Like just look at yourself in the mirror and just be like, okay, yeah, shit needs to change. Things you know, change. and if not, there'll be a it'll be a hard change. There's a guy named Kyle Sees. He has a video. I'm gonna send it to you. He he, he calls it uh the funeral of your old self. Ooh, yeah. And mourning, that. mourning that person. He said, you know, that people pleaser that you was and saying yes to everybody. You you know, be thankful for that person. That person got you here, but you can no longer be that person anymore. <laughs> so you want the life that you say you want. Yeah. So. I, I'm just all about this year. I've been doing so many readings and, you know, I have, you know, healers and astrologers, but also I realized like I try so much to run from my real pain and feelings that this year is like, no, 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 you got to sit in this. You can't run this time, young man. Right. Because oh, yeah. you got to evolve. Right. And it's been uncomfortable. It's been the best year of my life because it's taught me that the spiritual realm is real, which I know, but you know how someone say, you got to have faith. You got to have faith. No, 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 no. I really had to have faith. This year. <laughs> yeah. My dad was in and out of the hospital and I've seen my dad with tears in his eyes and I've never experienced that as a man. And he's like, I need your energy. Come home. And I'm praying and my prayers are coming to fruition and things are shifting. I said, okay. Wow. All right. You know, because I pray all the time, but when it's like severe, 
and you got people you love tell them they don't want to be here anymore and you're like what yeah. yeah like it's like is this a movie yeah it has really leveled me up was like no nah, i gotta really tap into my spirit i gotta go deeper i gotta go wider and I, you know i have to extend i have to i mean i literally just got this book i don't know if you've seen this book um the oh, that's awesome. yeah so the work pays and i always say it's the work you can't see that pays the shadow work the the prayer the silence the meditation um changing how you think and what you think and i just think it's just beautiful that you're using your platform to be authentic and transparent um, is there any books for you coming up or any, uh, workbooks? Like, I feel like you're like a, a teacher in a sense of like what the material you have. I know you got the magazine, which is phenomenal. Yeah. So the magazine, um, each magazine comes with a little documentary. Okay. Um, so I've been trying to, I, this my first documentary that I ever created is out on YouTube. It's all about duty and understanding what duty means to you. Yes. That's a huge lesson in the Bhagavad Gita. And part of what I want to do is help bring spirituality back to your ancestors. So I do have workbooks out to, to answer that question. It's on my Instagram page. Um, but the other aspect is like, I think what, see, the, be the best thing that ever happened to me was when I asked my parents, hey, what, what do we actually like learn? What, what is our, like, what do our ancestors want us to know? And I want people to get to the point where they can ask their parents that. Um, that comes with a lot of forgiveness and empathy for the older generation that comes with this. So that's one. And then the, the other thing is just being a student for life. Mm -hmm. um, I would like to encourage both of those things for as long as I'm here. So in that way, I'm trying to create documentaries and magazines that help inspire you to go back to your ancestors and say, what is it that I need to keep doing? And what, what do I need to teach the next generation? Because we're all going to go someday and I don't want yeah. my kids to just not know our culture and our heritage. And I don't want like our, our whole collective culture to go yeah. away. Spirituality is harder and harder to practice with the way that this yeah, world is. Yeah, the thing is, you know, everyone is getting material wealth or opportunity. But if you don't have no spiritual currency, what I like to say, you're just going to be completely empty. Right. Yeah. And I feel like the world and the, the, the planet is changing and going to a higher dimension. So I feel like it's the world we have to become spiritual to evolve in the flesh, the 3D. Um, yeah. When you said your ancestors, what are the best practices or what is the quickest or fast, fastest way to connect to your ancestors from like, how does that work? I think you have to connect with yourself first. And that's like a theme for today. You got to open up that gateway first and get like you got to you gotta get comfortable with hearing no answer. I think that's the thing. Like you can just be like, so what do I need to do today? I do the same thing when it comes to posting. I'm like, what does the collective need to hear today? No answer. It's like, okay, don't post, <laughs> you know, like shut up for a little bit, <laughs> go through life and then come back. Um, and so sometimes I just have to like get comfortable with not getting an answer, but then also asking in different ways. Like I love pulling tarot cards. Um, I feel like it gives me a lot of clarity. Um, I love meditating. I love speaking to God directly, like going to a temple and literally just talking. Um, I like talking to friends. I feel like people kind of give us answers in different ways too, like keeping your ears open when you're walking down the road. There's so many ways that we get answers. It's kind of mind boggling. You just have to form that connection with yourself first, and then you'll see the answers everywhere. And I feel like those signs will just be very apparent on what you need to do for to honor your ancestors. But there's like rituals and stuff that we can. Yeah. And I think, you know, people just owning like whatever comes through for them, because I think some people get caught up in what everyone else is doing or not doing. And they realize they're not supposed to do that. Like you're chosen to get this message and put this out in the universe. Mm -hmm. so they have more followers. I think people get caught up in views and engagement and likes, which I understand. I can relate, you know, but more important, you never know who's watching your content. And right. people listen, I want to share a story about, you know, there's a guy named Paul Brunton. Uh, I think that's his last name. He's a relationship coach. Um, and he had some clients that he was coaching. And one of his clients was the editor for Oprah, right? And so mind you, he had started this like relationship uh, talk show on YouTube. He probably had, I don't know, 35 subscribers or something. He probably was getting like 11 views, right? And so then his editor, who he's coaching for the relationship, is on a flight with Oprah. And Oprah's like, do you know anybody it would be great for a show, a relationship show on the own network. She's like, yeah, my, 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 my relationship coach. So Oprah goes to his YouTube, watched one of his episodes. And I think he said one of the episodes she watched had 11 views. And she was one of the 11 views. And he got opportunity to be on the Oprah, on the own network. 
are so you kidding? People, so people like sometimes we got to get out of. Yeah, you never know who's listening, who's watching, and it's just a beautiful, you know, opportunity to kind of like tap into that creativity outside of the job and the professional, the home and family because it'll give you a breakaway or a break in a way that you didn't know you needed. All because you're feeding your creative juices, and I think um, more people just need to, you know, hear you, see you, feel you, and I think what you have to give the world is so amazing. I mean, I see you doing a TED talk. Um, oh, you too. World, like you know what I mean? Like you just have that. I don't know. You just have that presence about you where people want to listen. Like, oh, tell me more. Oh, <laughs> right? thank so, you. I love it. You know, this like for me, this was a beautiful discussion. I'm so happy you were vulnerable and transparent. Now, before we get off, I just, you know, I just asked one question. If if this was your last day on earth, what would you hope for humanity? Oh, what would I hope for humanity? I, you know, I think a lot of the shadow and the light that we have on this planet right now, I know it's so scary. I think it's just to kind of understand that I think it's all supposed to be here for right now. And I think like we could take this whole surrendering, you know, aspect to ourselves and practice it in our day-to-day -day life. And I think, I, I, I hope more people learn to surrender as time goes on. Yeah, and I think surrender is the, it's the secret weapon to allowing God and the universe to support you in every aspect. Because when you're mm -hmm. here, you're free, you're not thinking, you're just doing, right? Or you're letting go. Um, sure. That was a great, great response. So how can we find you? Where should we follow you? Give us the websites, give us the URLs, give us whatever we need. We need to tap sure. into your frequency and your aura layer. <laughs> sure. um, okay, so I am by Jenny everywhere, um, Instagram, TikTok. I, and then I have my in magazine, which is the Indian Standard, the Indian Standard everywhere. Um, it's the indianstandard.co. Um, we do have the next magazine coming out by, I think, hopefully by the end of October. It is a one-woman show, so it's a little bit, um, it's it's really just all about, like, women, the second one. Um, it's about the pillars of our society, and it's about devotion. So it's really in line with today's discussion. Um, the entire volume four of my magazine this year, it goes duty, devotion, and then destruction. Sure. So the three things that I feel like are pivotal to my learning thus far in my the Bhagavad Gita classes that I'm taking. So I wanted to reflect on the classes and kind of pour it into the magazine. And I, I found some beautiful participants to kind of emulate that. So um, documentary and magazine, and then I have merch out now, that that's exciting. Um, and then I have my like YouTube channel and everything. So it's, it's all about identity, yeah. Hey, follow her, subscribe to her YouTube, get some merch, get the magazine. Uh, and uh, we love this. So I just want to say thank you for being here. Um, truly grateful for this episode and the transparency that we shared and continue to extend, continue to help the planet and the universe evolve as you know you evolve yourself. And this was a beautiful Bigger Talks discussion. Seriously. This so was amazing. Thank you so much. <laughs> thank you.